You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles hunting podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and on this podcast, you will find tons of relevant information that will help you become more successful in the field. You'll hear product information directly from the manufacturer and success stories from guys and gals just like you. Sit back, relax, and pour a stiff drink. This episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. My name is Dan Johnson. I'm your host, but you already know that, and you already know that this podcast is brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Enter the discount code Nine Fingers. That's the number nine, followed by the word fingers, and you will receive receive $20 off your purchase. Now, today we're going to have another podcast that I recorded at the Iowa Deer Classic this past weekend, and I'm going to be joined on this particular podcast by good friends Justin Czar and Clinton Fawcett of bowhunting.com. I'm sure you guys uh, know what they're all about and what they do, Uh, and this is a good old-fashioned BS session, man. Um, I was kind of burnt out that day talking about like hunting strategy and, uh, um, you know, killing deer and whatnot. So I think what we did was we just sat down and uh, talked about the glory days. Uh, we even relive um, some memories about uh, an old buddy, Todd Pregnance, who uh, passed away recently in a four wheeler accident. Uh, we uh, share some memories, uh, basically, uh, you know, 10 years ago when, uh, when I first met Todd and when these guys first met Todd, uh, some of the shenanigans that we got ourselves into over that time period. Uh, we talk about, uh, the glory days a little bit. We talk about Western hunting a little bit. We talk about, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, this is a good old fashioned BS session and, uh, I hope you guys like it uh, because I think you guys like the BS sessions. Uh, as that's what the reviews say anyway. So uh, here's a good old fashioned BS session for you. But before we get into today's podcast, right? The Ripcord Arrow Rests, right? The badass, the most badass 
rest on the market and uh, they have come out with a couple new rests this year right they have the lock which is a limb driven system uh, with the ability to uh, pre-cock the launcher uh, so basically it stays up you draw all the way back and it still stays up and um, it gives you the added stability of a limb driven rest so they have uh, a limb driven rest they have string driven rests and uh, just more badass rests for your bow and like I say every single time it's a badass company owned by badass people right it's a veteran owned company it is a uh, made in American product so all this you know it's awesome customer service you know if you have a problem you call or you email and they will they'll solve your problems right so all those things on top of being a durable built to kick the shit out of them product like I have yet to have a rest fail on me and I've had a couple of these rests on my bow for a long period of time and I'm very hard on my equipment so if you want to find out more about ripcord and all the rest that they make visit ripcordarrowrest.com and uh, if you have any questions call them up and tell them Dan Johnson sent you old nine fingers sent you so uh, yeah ripcordarrowrest.com now enough of the the chit chat let's get into today's BS session podcast with Justin Czar and Clinton Fawcett of bowhunting.com oh <laughs> All right, Iowa Deer Classic. Yes, sir. Three dudes, two chairs. Yeah, great. I get to stand. That's all right. I sit all day at work, so I, I kind of like to stand yeah. when I'm not at work. You yeah. It's kind of like my thing. Desk. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like one of those guys when I'm hunting, I like I sit like the yeah. whole time. I'm, and, and I feel like people that are way harder core than me, if that's a phrase, yeah. like they stand a lot. And yeah. I'm, I always sit. Your goal is to be more hardcore in 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And it shouldn't be really a very difficult goal to achieve. Right. Really? And that brings me to my first question How to Clinton Fawcett here. How hardcore is Justin Zarr? He's getting more hardcore. He's getting more hardcore. He, I mean, can't you tell? He's getting tightened up. He's in the gym three days a week. Yeah. You know, on the group text, we're all kind of... <laughs> trying to get back in shape so we're all hitting the gym we take gym selfies and yeah, send them to each selfies. other and that's the thing yeah. like i haven't like i i can look at you and i say hey man you're 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 dropping some laps. i'm in better shape than i was right. previously right but i didn't know like you don't i didn't know you worked out because i didn't see it on like instagram Ooh, i i'm not even really on instagram well you, you need to you need i need to, to get back the world you need to be telling the world that look at me I, I'm in a gym. Well, I mean, if you want to make it as a celebrity in the hunting industry, it's all about the self-promotion. Right. That's true. You know, I need to really get back into that. People are going to forget about me. We're way too how in- awesome I introverted am. in our workouts, yeah. right? right? Is that the word? Yeah, I right. think that's a pretty good word. Good right. Word we, need, for we need to post it more. You know, like my bicycle thing last summer, I hate posting on Instagram. I was riding my bike all the time yeah. in the morning, so I was just taking some cool pictures. Where my wife's like, "Oh, you ought to put them on Instagram." I'm like, ah, it's so stupid. I don't want to put anything on Instagram. And then people, random people, come back. Oh, it's so inspirational. You getting up, and riding your bike, and where I'm like, I'm riding my bike because I'm getting in shape to go to Wyoming. I mean, I like riding my bike. You know, <laughs> it's not inspirational to anybody. Just apparently get off it your, is. Get off your butt and work. I, well, right? maybe that's well, I'm on your my, bike. You I should aspire to be more inspirational. Yeah, you should, could yeah. be to yeah, people. Be. Anybody who's listening, to this 
be inspired by right. me. And that's what that's <laughs> in what, some form or fashion. And I think that's what we we're going to talk about today is inspiration. Uh, today I'm at the Iowa Deer Classic with Clinton Fawcett and Justin Czar of Bowhunting.com. I've known. How long have we known each other? Like it's been a long time, right? Yeah, I was 10, thinking at uh, least 10, 12 years, 12 something years. like that. I was going back through through some old pictures the other night and like looking at old pictures of it well really all of us, but <laughs> right. like of you like pre beard Dan. <laughs> like I was like, Whoa, good God, look at Dan. We were definitely more fatter baby faced. Yeah. I, I don't remember Dan being so much fatter baby faced. He was just like re- wrestling <laughs> badass. Dan. Yeah, he was uh, like okay. Iowa farm kid that would beat your right, ass like right. all the time. I'm telling you. The only reason I grew a beard is because I started getting the double chin. It hides uh, it really well, it, it doesn't it? it? it hides oh, yeah. It really well. Right. Yeah. Really well. So, you know, as long as my T-shirts are tight in the right spots, I can, like if my shoulders stick out past my love handles and my chest sticks out past my gut, I can get away with at least looking like I'm in shape. Sure. looking like, you know, but... It's easy to hide the weight that way. Yeah. But, it, but again, if you want to make it in this industry, that's not going to cut it, dude. Right. You got you to trim down. You got to start ordering your shirts a size smaller. You got to get yourself some fancy cowboy boots like Foss has got here. Those, Those are badass. Fancy. They're five. And some bedazzled jeans. Yeah, they're right. getting pretty old. Right. It's time for new ones. So there was a lot of guys back. with bedazzled jeans I did, I did going see last night. See, I, I want to talk to you about that because I feel that in the quote-unquote hunting industry, there's been a change. We're, we've, we start to see less bedazzled jeans and more... Let's say like khaki pants with hiking boots and mm-hmm. like flat bill hats, and like like the I'm a cool Western hunter yeah, motif. Kind of that's going kind on of, out I, there right now. I think that's absorbed over into the white, world of whitetails. Yeah, I would agree to yeah. a certain degree. But the the funny thing is like there's all these jokes about the bedazzled jeans thing, yeah. right? But it's like you go to the ATA or even to the bar last <laughs> night where we were at. And there's still a lot of dudes wearing them. And it's like, apparently you guys didn't get the memo or you don't listen to these podcasts (laughs) where we make fun of people like you (laughs) because they're still doing it. Uh, I can't wait for some guy to hear that, walk by where we're at right now and just be like, God dang it. (laughs) I got to go to the mall and change my pants. (laughs) I remember back when I was in high school, it was cool to have the chew ring in the back pocket. Right, and yep. uh, that's not it, still cool in even, certain places. Even if you didn't chew, you would still have an empty can in your back pocket. So, you know, it, you would get that fade in your in the back of your jeans. Yeah, you should have started making them that way. You'd been rich. Oh, and I'm I'm sure Ooh, they there did. There you go. All right. Hey, when you guys were out last night, did you guys see any of like Affliction T-shirts? Mm, or nah, we were at like a country western bar. Okay. What was the name of it? Miss Kitties. No, no, it's called Beer Can Alley. Is that where we went? Beer Can, Beer Can Alley. Alley. Was it? There were some girls walking around the show here yesterday giving out free right. drink it, things to it get was, people to go there. So we were like, great, we have like three or five free beer tickets. It was so. called Clinton's Going to Have a Headache on Dan's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like old school, like 10 years ago when we met Dan type, type situation. Yeah. So you're married with kids. Yes. You're married and you have kids. Yes. I'm He's got a lot of kids. Like, how many kids do you have? Five. You have five kids? Yep. Holy shit. Five kids. I bitch about my three. And yeah, then, right. And like, I got three. Yeah, you got three. Yeah, he's got us beat, man. 
Like, so, like, I'm, anytime I'm you're feeling, like, stressed out, you just think about old Clint over here and his gaggle of children. But, but he's so cool. He comes off so cool. Like, your kids probably don't bother you. Like, my kids bother me. <laughs> no, no, they bother me. I, I get it. I get anxiety over it. Like, if there's too much going on at once, I get, right. like, overstimulated. Like, right. I'm, like, my wife tells me I'm autistic. I just never was put on the spectrum when I was a kid because it wasn't cool then, right? So you just didn't know about it. I'm not so sure but it's cool now. But well, <laughs> but, but, but it's, well, I mean, it is what it is, right? It, I mean, sure. It's accepted now, right? Well, sure. It's more readily diagnosed, there's, I right. suppose. There's, there's, right. there's knowledge about it out there. Sure. Right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I've, back when I was a kid, uh, I feel like I say that a lot now as I get older. I'm, I mean, I'm 38. You're I'll be 37 on Monday. And you're 38, right? Yeah. So it's like I'm to the age now where I can start saying that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just about 20 years out of high school. This year will be my 20th high school reunion, and I can like, you know, like when I was your age. Yeah. The cell phone had just been invented, and I didn't have one. And like I can remember going, I don't need a cell phone. That shit's uncool now. It's like you're glued to it. Yeah. That was kind of my point about, like, when you mentioned Instagram, I, like, you know, I, I went through, like, a social media detox at the end of, of last year and the beginning of this year because I was just on it too much. Yeah. Like, I, I, it was affecting, like, not just, like, uh, when I was at home, you know, I got little kids, and they're only going to yeah. be little for so long. Yeah. And here they are running around. They want to play Candyland with me or whatever, and I'm, I'm on Instagram looking yeah. at something that right. literally has no meaning to me at all. So Your condition. Yeah, and, and it would start, like, even at work, like, I'd be on the phone with somebody, and it was, like, in between doing two things, the first thing I would do is, like, check social media. Yeah. So I literally, like, at the beginning of December, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I logged out of everything. And this morning, actually, oddly enough, was the first time I logged back into my Instagram account in the last, like, three months. And I had all these messages from people. Now I feel like a D-bag. I had a bunch of people that were messaging me, like, during the hunting season. And they're like, hey, dude, late season's coming. What kind of gear are you going to be using? Do you change anything up? Or, yeah. And, of course, I never responded because I wasn't logged into my account. Right. And now they're probably like that. That guy is such a huge celebrity D-bag. He doesn't respond to my DMs. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't set the limit on my phone at 45 minutes a day for you, social oh, media. Did. Yeah, to, to try it. And I do pretty good with it, but sometimes, like the, like, you know, like the group text message and stuff, it, it eats up my 45 minutes. Yeah. Keeps it off. But, you know, the kids get old so fast, right? Your kids oh, yeah. grow up crazy fast. Avery's 11. He'll be 12 in the summer, you know. Emerson's 9, Red 7, you know. My other little girl passed away. The, the fourth one, her name was uh, Sawyer. She'd be yeah. three and a half. And then our new one, Whitley, is uh, six months. So it just goes it yeah. just goes like that, you know. So it's yeah. good to stay off your phone because kids just, they, you know, they're just going to be gone, right? And then they're going to be us before you know it. And, you know. God, I hope not. You're just gone. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that's what, I was talking with my uh, a guy the other day, and I was like, my wife still, she's heard the stories, but she doesn't know the old Dan Johnson. She doesn't know college Dan Johnson. And I, and I, I tell that to her every once in a while. I go, oh, man, I feel like drinking like college Dan Johnson tonight, <laughs> which is never a good idea anymore because, you know, there's only like, if I ever, ever went back to college Dan Johnson, it would be like hospital type visits, <laughs> especially in my 38 year old body. But I, t I tell her, she's like, you couldn't have been this bad. And then I, like, I, we get to telling stories at some, like some of my high school buddies and she's, and she's like, wait a second, you did that, those things. I'm like, yeah. She's like, 
you were an asshole. Like, there's <laughs> oh, no yeah. way I would have married you if I knew you would have done, <laughs> if you did those things. My wife met me kind of at my peak of that uh, <laughs> phase of my life. We met, I think it was 21 or 22, and we didn't start dating for probably five years yeah. after we initially met. But she met me, like, at my height of, you know, young and assholishness and yeah. just drinking and just, like, <laughs> so she, she got to see it all. Obviously, it's changed now. I tried to be... Uh, college, Justin, like two summers ago at Deerfest. Yeah. We were hanging out with a, a bunch of guys from Indiana and actually Bud from Catching Deers and some of our crew and got a little too uh, right. out of control and it right. didn't end well for me right. <laughs> that night. My so. wife has always been dragging along on the Clinton train because we started dating when we were 14. Oof. So she's seen the whole evolution. You know, the evolution of we were in high school and then we broke up and she was gone and she'd come back and then I'd be gone and I'd come back and then just running and partying and <laughs> and then I hung on to that a little bit too long, you know. You know how it is. Oh, dude. Had and her now, first and now, it's, now it's just We've replaced that with basically hunting, right? right. Essentially, right. to right. fill that void in our lives, we got to do something that's somewhat intense. Not like saying like whitetail hunting really isn't crazy intense, but but know. in the young days you were out hunting chicks. Yeah, that's like right. when you were young and single, and that was the thrill of the chase. We can't do that anymore. No. Now we have to hunt deer, yeah. <laughs> right? And we kill them in the end. Right. Unfortunately <laughs> for the deer. Right. Man, I love how this podcast instantly just transitioned. It went like. It was. It started off crazy, and then we start talking about kids, and we give it advice about, oh yeah, you know, like this is my family. I, you know, got to put down the cell phone, and, really, and then it comes right back to drinking and partying, drinking, yeah, and, and then <laughs> hunting. Yes. Well, well, I mean, it takes me like a whole three minutes to revert back to bachelorism when yeah. I'm not around my wife. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then I feel bad the next day. <laughs> well, we walked I'm into like, the bar oh. last night, and I was like. I'm not sure why we're here because there's <laughs> nothing good that can come out of our presence in this building. So like zero, there's nothing that's going to happen tonight yeah. that we're going to look back on and be like, that was a great idea, but let's go do it anyways. I can remember one of the, the bowhunting.com team gatherings. Oof, this was years ago. Like I, don't, I just remember it was at the hunt club. And it wasn't even bowhunting.com. No. It, it was no, hunting net hunting still. Hunting net still. Okay. It was the first year of White Knuckle. Yeah. That was you guys before came. Me. That was before I just heard Clinton. the story. Yeah. So, yeah, you were there. Todd. Todd. Tyler Tissue was yep. there. Yep. Uh, I think Wally and Tater were yep. there. Kyle was there. Yep. The whole kind of crew. And we had maybe like 30 guys from hunting net right. that all got. That, I think it was probably one of the first times I met you. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. I remember the, uh, number one, the mosquitoes were so bad while we were shooting our, shooting yes. our bows. Holy cow. You couldn't even, you couldn't even focus. It, they were so bad. But, you know, we made it through that. And then I just remember me and Todd and Tyler Tissue, I mean, after way too many beers, sitting out there and shooting targets in the pitch black dark. I came there with a dozen arrows i left with zero arrows <laughs> that was kind of a common white knuckle theme through the years which was the late night like in the dark target shooting but yes i remember so that event you guys ended up like crashing in the clubhouse yep. that night and i remember there was like a ufc fight and we ended up getting the ufc fight on like the satellite and when the bill came todd graff was like what the hell is this <laughs> who ordered the ufc fight at the hunt club but i remember dan i remember you coming back from from somewhere with a garbage bag or a garbage can 
in a keg and a bunch of ice and carrying it into the hunt club. We literally had a keg of beer. Wow. That night, and we watched the UFC fight. And I, I don't think Dan those. remembered that. I don't. Like, <laughs> no, I remember, because I remember, like, you guys coming, because you went up into town to get beer and yeah. come back, and, we, you know, I'm thinking, they're going to go grab a case or two of beer, and you guys came in with a keg <laughs> of beer. I do. Holy cow, I do remember that. I don't even, I just remember they're like, do you have 10 cases of beer? Uh, no. Okay. We'll take a keg. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, obviously you spend like $150 on a keg of beer that probably didn't even get come close to getting drank. And oh, the old good old days. Yeah. It was funny days. because Todd Pringnitz had bought, brought a bunch of white knuckle hats and shirts yep. and stuff. And he was trying to sell them like earlier in the day. And then he got wasted. And at like midnight, <laughs> he was literally handing shirts and hats everybody to everybody at one. the place. Literally you get a hat. everybody you get a hat. at the place. <laughs> it's funny. I was looking back and I, I found some pictures from that event uh, the other night and there's a, a picture of Tyler Tissue and he's like like a quarter of the way drawing a bow back and getting ready to like smack Todd Pringnitz with it when he lets it go like in the act because Todd's like bent over doing something but the thing I remember about the picture is Todd Pringnitz has bent over this desk doing something and he's got you know like Carhartts or something and they had the white knuckle logo embroidered on the back of the pants like on the ass of the jeans Yes. and I was like what the hell who does that yeah Todd yeah yeah exactly Todd it was kind of funny I I just got done right before I came here I just got done recording the uh, a podcast with Jason Science, uh, and we kind of just talked about memories of Todd back in the back in the early days, and because I, I was with him like in 2006, like yeah, almost right when it started, and I can remember, in it, you know, for we all know Todd was one of a kind, right? This crazy, this crazy guy, and I can remember like him calling me up one day and being like, "Dude, let's go." Uh, Let's go shed hunt. And I'm like, what's shed hunting? Like, I, I, that was before I even knew what shed hunting was. And but I had a piece of property that I, I that we could go on. And here's Todd, like, you know, he's hardcore already at this point, and I had just started getting my feet wet into how hardcore everything was. And um, I I remember walking into the timber, not having ever found a shed before, and. I walk up on this giant shed, first shed I ever found, and he got so pissed off because he had been hunting like, like shed hunting for four days, not finding any sheds, and then he then he's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude." So then like like I got the glory that day, right? I got my picture taken and I got you know put on the video camera, and he's like, "Dallas, you son of a bitch." Like, <laughs> That was the, the good old the Dallas days, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of people listening, like, who the hell is Dallas, yeah, right. right? Dallas Fort Worth. Dallas Fort Worth. So right. I'll tell this story Before again. Before Dan Johnson, there was I'll, Dallas Fort Worth. I'll tell you the story again. I was living in Alabama in 2005. That's the year of the finger, 2005. And uh, got my finger chopped off, started getting sick of the job that I was at, decided I was going to move home. My buddy Brent Rich calls me up and says, hey, man, you got a – you know, you got to check, come back to Iowa, and if you do, uh, i got to introduce you to a guy. Because I, I was, I, me and my other buddy Brent, we had hunted before, but weren't really serious into it, like, back in the day. 
like I had taken this hiatus away from hunting. And then so we come to, I, I moved back to Iowa and my buddy Brent calls me up. He's like, hey man, we're at the bar, Keos, Mount Pleasant. Why don't you hop, why don't you come down? You can meet Todd. And I'm like, all right, I, I'll meet him. Walk in, there's no music playing in the bar, right? I sit down, he's like, puts his hand out, shakes my hand. Yeah, I'm Todd Prignitz. Um, I said, oh, okay, nice to meet you. My name's Dan. He goes, Dallas? Go. Like, I look around, like, there's no music playing. It's not loud in here. How did you confuse Dan and Dallas? I said, no, Dan Johnson. And he goes, Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth? And I'm just like, what? Like, what? And I just was like, yeah, okay, bud. Like, whatever. Like, sure, so, dude. So the very first time I ever met the dude is when he gave me the nickname Dallas, Fort Worth. And this was probably after about eight bells two hearted ales which you would drink like just like 14 percent alcohol <laughs> i think when i first met you i don't even know that i knew your name yeah for probably a couple years i just knew you as dallas like that was well that was it's it. funny today there's still a lot of people out there or one if anybody calls me dallas the other people are like no this is this is dan this is dan johnson or anybody that's involved with the Sportsman's Nation doesn't know the Dallas Fort, like the Dallas yeah. Fort Worth. So they're like, so then there's this aha moment where you you get the education of okay, Dan Johnson is Dallas Fort Worth, and Dan, Dallas Fort Worth is Dan Johnson, and so it's. Uh, I can still remember pulling up to Todd's house, Frank and I, the first time we come over there for the meet for a meeting or right. whatever and you were we were on the you were on the north side of the house and everybody was like overlooking the bottom like out the porch and you were around there and Dewey pulled up and it was just total utter chaos <laughs> right and, and we're just like we, you know we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into but that but I, I promise you we did not think it that that was not any idea what it was going to be you know and we pull up and you're like hey i'm dallas and, well, well, and frank and i turned out dude everybody was drinking having a good time and you know we shot bows at night that night and flaming arrows and flaming arrows yeah. and another it, time where i had to go buy new arrows after an event you know right right great. yeah uh good times just nuts man I, I look back at those days and i say i'm glad i can remember them and i glad i went through them but i'm glad that we still don't do that dumb shit yeah. <laughs> young and dumb right that's right it's the story of life but it's it's you know we we talked to jason yesterday too and, yeah. and i've mentioned this before like those are the moments in your life that you just don't realize when they're happening, like yeah. kind of how special they are. Right. And then you look back on them and you're like, yeah, you know, we were crazy and we were doing dumb stuff, but like, man, those are some of the best times. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, ever. And, and when you're living it at the time, you just think it's gonna go forever. This is just the normal. Yeah. You know, but things change, and eventually you look back and go, man, that was that was fun. Yeah. It's good stuff. Right, for sure. And then you educate your kids on how to not do that. Type yeah, of but stuff. they're going to do it anyways, right, right. <laughs> in the regardless, because our parents all definitely told us not to do any of those things, and we did them anyways. Yeah. It's kind of funny. For I always, sure. I always had my dad pegged at this nerd, like, you know, this guy who's just like, you know, really straight laced, never did shit. And then as I start listening more, I hear him talking to his buddies. Or I hear a story about how one time my dad like rolled a car in the ditch and my grandpa had to go pull him out with a tractor and all this crazy. Like I'm like, ah, 
oh, okay. Maybe I maybe there is a place where I come from. It's like, There's I come, a reason for yeah, all of this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, 2019. I mean, like I just last year I shot my biggest buck ever, and like from an inch standpoint, five year old, 154 inch nine pointer. I like, I don't care, like. I, I thought like maybe oh my god dude this is awesome I shot I shot this giant buck uh, you know my, my biggest scoring buck ever uh, like I thought I felt like maybe that would motivate me to continue wanting to kill giant big deer and I felt like after I did that I still don't give a shit at all about score and antler size like let me ask you this do you think you would care more? If you made a better shot and a cleaner recovery. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because I know that that's, that's how it is for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I have deer on my wall that may be smaller, but I'm like, freaking smoke that thing. He ran 30 yards, fell over dead. And you're like super proud of like, that's how you want it to go. That yeah. picture in your mind. And I have like, oh, this deer, it's a bigger scoring deer, but it's like, all right, got shot him and I had to chase him around for a day and that's shoot him two point. more times. And I kind of look at it and my, my memory of it is a little tainted, yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and even if they're a bigger deer, like you just look at it differently, I guess. Yeah. I can testify to that 100%. I mean, I know what my answer is. I shot that biggest deer of my life and I, and I gut shot him. Yeah. And I had to leave him overnight and the coyotes ate him. I didn't even think I hit him originally, yeah. and and then I and then you know I figured out I did, and and I just I, I don't like the deer anymore, yeah. right? Like it's not that I don't like it. Like I mean that was the deer I was. You're hunting. not as proud of the right. I'm just not right? like I I've spent the money to get him mounted, because out of like a respect thing, right? Yeah. Because I'm like it was disrespectful to the animal, you know, the way it all went down, and now I'm not going to get him mounted, and that's kind of disrespectful, it, it, kind you know in a way. I was just going to skull mount him, and then yeah. I was just like, and it, it did. It, it, if I would have made a clean shot, I'd say it'd be telling you about yeah. this giant deer I killed and how happy I was, and I just. Yeah, yeah just that, that's a good point because I, I feel like if I would have slammed it, double lunged him, heart shot him, whatever, and he dropped in 100 yards or whatever, and, and I was able to recover him that night and enjoy his meat. I would have been. I would have celebrated differently. Like I still celebrate that animal, but I just. I don't know. Like, and you could be right, Justin. I maybe it's because of that, but at the same time, like, I as the rest of, I I even feel that inches is now in play more within the hunting community than it ever has been. I still find myself falling away from it and just like hating the fact that we score these animals almost i think but at the same time like i'm intrigued by giant bucks right sure we all are but i think that you know i think the opposite almost that people don't care as much about the inches anymore i mean i see it just in the way people respond to some of our videos like for them i I think they they enjoy a good story a fun experience something that's relatable a person that they can relate to maybe that's entertaining like as far as what we do like I feel like if you had a, a good personality, a badass, cool hunt for a 130-inch deer that was just well-filmed and enjoyable and well-produced, like, people would enjoy that yeah. more than, like, let's face it, no offense to, like, the juries and Lacassias, those guys have done a wonderful job, but how many more 180s can I watch get killed in a food plot from a box find? No yeah. offense, Fawcett, because he does a lot of that, right? But, I mean, it's lost its luster to a certain degree, yeah, right? right? I mean, I've seen... 
200 Boone and Crockett deer get slammed out of a freaking blind during the late season in a food plot nowadays. Right. I think people are, yeah. are just kind of like they're losing their interest in it a little bit, and they're looking for other things that maybe they can relate to a little bit more yeah. that I, they haven't seen as much. This is part of the reason guys like the hunting public absolutely. are doing so well because it's like yeah. this is a new thing that people haven't really done, and it's a little bit more relatable to the average guy, and yeah. they've kind of latched on to that thing, and that has zero to do with, with inches, Yeah, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's always I, a constant battle with Frank and I, right? Because, like, we've been best friends our whole lives, and we've hunted together forever, but he does not care at all. Like, yeah. if it's a mature deer, I'm shooting it. Yeah. Like, I, I, he doesn't care what it is. And to me, I, I just want to shoot big deer. Like, yeah. it, it's not that I, it's got to be a 200-inch deer. I just want to hunt the biggest deer that I have. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. That's my goal. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, my other, you know, the other half, Frank, he's exactly the opposite, right? <laughs> so, like, there's stuff that we're in the tree all the time together. No. You know, as we know, no. filming with each other is like another marriage, you know. And, and, and what I want is not always the same thing that he wants. And there's, yeah. you know, we talked about it earlier. Um, you know, he killed a, like, 120-inch deer this year. And it, it, it was coming, and I was like, we passed up some nice deer uh, that were young. And, I, and you know, it was just a three-year-old deer, but it wasn't going to mount anything, you know, as far as making this huge trophy trophy stuff. And yeah. I, I just told it. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, this is so stupid. We hunt together every day. We work our balls off at this. We're, we're out here together. That's what it's about, having a good time. And I'm, we're going to pass up another deer just because we're wanting to kill some giant. And I knew he'd love to shoot it. And yeah. I, I said, Frank, here comes one. Get, get him if you want. And, man, his eyes just lit up. <laughs> it was the best hunt we had all year. You know, we just had a blast. It was so much fun because it was just relaxing. Yeah. Kind of like being a kid again, you know, yeah. a little bit. Uh, just being loose. Yeah, I like that. It's funny because in the last couple of years prior to this, I was trying to become that, like a Clinton, right? Like right. I want to pass a deer. I want to kill bigger deer and i've moved on to this whatever next phase of my hunting and then it was like i'm passing deer that i probably should have been shooting yeah. and then neighbors were killing them and they're getting hit by cars <laughs> or whatever and finally i was like this is dumb yeah. like i'm out here spending time money you know away from the kids work whatever like i'm just shooting some deer like yeah. i don't i don't care like yeah. i'm not that guy i don't have access to that type of land and the equipment and like i just I, you can't be that person if you don't have that opportunity so i'm trying to make myself into somebody that i'm not so this year a freaking mid 130s buck came out and i was like you're dead let's go like i'm i'm not did you have fun hell yeah See? i loved every minute of it and honestly it's the biggest buck i had within shooting range all year yeah so yeah i could have let him go and been like oh, i'm just gonna wait and i'm only gonna shoot a 150 because yeah there's some bigger deer around Never saw a bigger deer. Never had one in, in range, and I hunted hard, yeah. you know, through November. So I'm, I'm glad I shot him. This is something that I've been really doing a lot of thinking about lately, and that is the West, right? And it's just like, for me, I feel like maybe not the farm that I hunt, because it's a, it's a, it's a really good farm in a really good neighborhood. I'm always going to live in Iowa, so potentially I'm always going to have access to Iowa. But I keep thinking about more and more of the West, like making sure, like I'm 38, there's only so many more years, right? If I, even if I take really good care of myself, let's say there's 20 more years as like a primo 60-year-old, right, that I can get out and start doing the kind of hunts that I did this year, you know, in Colorado, and chasing elk in some hardcore, hardcore terrain, and... Uh, 
do you guys see yourself kind of wanting to do more of the Western experience as well now or just save it for later or, or, or what's your guys' thoughts on that? I want to go all the time. Yeah. I mean, I go to Wyoming to Dustin's as much as I can. Yeah. Like, I, like, we go out there on vacation. I go hunting as much as I can. It'll let me come out. You know, I yeah. go out and wire a bunch of stuff for him so that I can keep my access, you know, yeah. going out there. But, but I just love it, right? Like, it's just something about the mountains, something about being up there. It's different, challenging. And, and, and I don't have – and the other thing is, you know, it's different like with the rack, right? Like I could go out there and shoot something that's not a giant trophy because it's different and it's, a, it's yeah. more work. Like yeah. I like the work, right? That's why I try to kill a big deer because I like the, the process of all the work. Right. And if I go out west, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And that's what I like. Like, I want to go work at whatever I'm doing. What do you want? Like, are you looking, like, anything? anything. Antelope, elk, muleys, what? I, I, if I could do a spot and stalk on an antelope, I'd probably go antelope hunting. But yeah. other than that, I'm, I'm not too, like, the whole sitting in a blind on the water hole deal. Yeah. I, it's not enough work. Like, I, like I want to work. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to get up in there and go elk hunting and pack in and hike and go. That's yeah. what I want to hunt. I, I want to hunt. I, yeah. I don't want to. Wait. Well, yeah, I want to go. Well, I'm not quite there. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure that I'll ever be. I mean, I, yeah, I want to I do it. I yeah. want to go on an elk hunt. And when I go on an elk hunt, I want it to be a backcountry type elk hunt, which is why I'm saving up as many points as I'm going to need to draw that tag eventually to go hunt with Dustin. Um, I don't know. I love going out there. I mean, it's beautiful. It, yeah. it, it's great. But, I mean, there's just, I don't know, something about chasing whitetails at home that I still, like, that's that's my burning yeah. passion. I mean, Todd Graff and I are going to go out to uh, Wyoming in November. We're actually going to go hunt whitetails out there during the rut because we want to kind of experience something different. I think a lot of the yeah. Western whitetail hunting is usually early season, mm-hmm. September 1st, alfalfa fields type of thing. Um, we're going to go out during the rut and see if we can rattle and decoy some oh, deer that'll be fun. you know you could see a long ways there's a lot of deer the rut's pretty intense out there yeah so we kind of felt like man that'll be something different yeah right man. and for us as content creators like we wanted to go on an elk hunt together is what we were going to do yeah but the fact of the matter is like it doesn't matter how good our elk hunt trip is like it doesn't get as many views on it it just doesn't yeah. like whitetails is what makes the hunting industry go round. yeah so it's like if we're going to spend the money to go like i would love to go elk hunting over a whitetail hunt right because i haven't killed an elk yet right but if we're going to do it and make the investment, like, let's do something that people are going to watch, you know, that kind of benefits so the business a little more. So do you think you've backed yourself into a corner then there with, like, man, I'm limiting my experiences because I have to create content for uh, a show? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, we could go, we were going to think about going on a Colorado elk hunt. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, that hunt that we were going to do isn't the elk hunt that I ultimately want to do. This was like staying in a lodge and yeah. going out on a UTV every day with yeah. a guide. And like, like that's just not the experience that I'm looking for when yeah. I do go on an elk hunt. Right. So I really had no problem just saying, eh, let's not do that and let's go whitetail hunting instead. Right. Um, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. If it would have been the choice between like the true backcountry elk hunt that I want to do, I would have pushed for that a lot harder, but I don't have enough points to draw that tag yet. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait till I do, and that'll probably be a potentially a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, it's an expensive-ass hunt to go on with an outfitter, you yeah. know, and, and I've done the DIY thing, and, dude, I'm not an elk hunter. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could waste years trying to figure it all out, and I get it, and that is part of the fun, but at the same time, like, I want a pretty good chance of, of getting one because I may not do it again. Yeah. So I'm going to wait till I got enough points and enough money and win the lottery and go on, <laughs> a, go on a freaking guided elk hunt is my plan. If you win the lottery, we'll just buy a ranch. I mean, they're yeah. for sale. Fair enough. They're yeah. out there everywhere. Great. Yeah. 
You just can't get one on top because it's all BLM ground. You'd have to get one down low, and then the elk hunting's easy. Yeah. Easier. Well, I don't know. I'll have to worry about winning the lottery first. Scratch. Then figure out what I'm going to buy. Yeah. <laughs> just lottery first. Okay, cool. Well, we've really done a lot of bullshit in this 34 minutes and 9 seconds. Yes, we have. Well, we're, pretty, we're pretty good for that. Yeah. Yep. I, I do feel like, though, the backing in the corner thing, I, I feel like I've backed myself in the corner a little bit on the white tail hunt. Really? Like it, yeah. yeah. Like, it's hard for me to leave to leave it yeah. because I've worked so hard at it, right? Yeah. And, like, like, we talk about moving out west, you know, um, but and, and part of the reason that I don't is because of the whitetail hunting. Like, yeah. and, uh, you know, what, what we've done with it, and it's always been our goal, like the filming and everything. Yeah. And then we've accomplished that, and, and we do, you know, we're pretty successful at it most of the time. And, and then we talk about going out west, but it's just hard to give it all up, right? But that's with anything. It's hard to change and just drop it all and leave. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, I, I feel know. that way to a certain degree when it comes to, uh, like, I got a bunch of my buddies that do a ton of public land stuff. Now. Yeah. Like, my buddy Mike. It's pretty much all he's doing nowadays, and and he's he keeps wanting me to. He's like, you know, I killed a nice buck on, on public two years ago, and Mike's like, dude, let's go, let's go, let's go. But it's like I lease this properties, and then we put food plots in, and we run cameras, and we do all this stuff that we feel like we're supposed to do. And I feel like I'm so invested in that that I feel like yeah. I'm just wasting my money if I don't go hunt there. Yeah. And then I go, you know, try to do these other things. And the same comes like even with like some of these out of state hunts, like trying to get Todd Graff. To agree to go to Wyoming from November 16th through the 20th is what we're going to hunt was like literally you thought like I was going to kill him because the thought of him leaving Illinois during that time to go to another state when it's like I've got all this money invested in farms and, yep. and everything and then like you're asking me to leave that for five days to go hunt somewhere else. And the whole time he's going to be wondering like what's going on back home, right. checking his cellular cameras oh, right. and everything. Like right. it's a crazy world right. we've built for ourselves. It right? is, yeah, and that's Emily's point all the time with me going out there. She's like, "Don't you want to go do something different?" Yeah, you know, because like like when I go deer hunting, she's like, "You know what's going to happen? Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You know, don't you want to do experience something different?" But it's just hard for me to give up on something you love so much. Yeah, to give so up that's on back to it. our analogy earlier. So. Hunting private land that you own or lease for a long time is like being married, right? You're married to this yeah. thing. It's the same all the time. Sometimes you want to switch it up a little bit. You can go to public. Yeah. Going to public's like being with a new chick. You can go wherever okay. you want, do whatever you want. Or, You're or not the married same chick, but just like three bo- three glasses of wine deep. Oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That, that, that's a good analogy. There too. you go. Right, because then that brings <laughs> but it's out. Like the th- the it's old. like something new every time. Like right. the, the public thing, like. Let's face it, dude. All the, the the private stuff we hunt, we run cameras on it all year. We know every damn deer on the place. Yeah. Right. When a deer walks out, you're like, oh, you either know you're going to shoot them or not shoot them the minute you lay eyes on them. Right. You go do it public, and it's like you have no idea. You hear those footsteps right. coming, and you see rack, and you're like, you have zero clue what that is, right. is like. And, like, that newness, that uncertainty is like... It's just a whole different experience. Right. right. right? The technology helps on the deer hunting, right? Like right. it helps us kill kill deer or, or be more efficient at it. But it also hurts the experience, I feel like. Like like I just know what's gonna happen sometimes and I try to keep that away from Avery to where like he doesn't he doesn't go check trail cameras with me. He doesn't like doing and sometimes that bothers me, but then it's always exciting to him because yeah. it's something new all the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. He doesn't know. So. Well, gentlemen, 
I appreciate you guys taking time to do this. I got to run and go do another one somewhere else. You guys are cool. It won't, it won't you guys be are as cool, cool dudes. You guys are cool dudes. Thanks, Dan. We think you're a pretty cool dude Thanks. too. Thanks, dude. It's been a pretty good ten years as a team, right? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Where did the last decade go? Yeah, I mean, right? life's fast, right? We all learned that oh this week. Lord. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Huge shout out to Justin Czar and Clinton Fawcett for hopping on and chatting with me uh, in the Bowhunting.com booth. Man, really appreciate that. Uh, huge shout out to each and every one. I got the hiccups. And I'm not going to edit them out because I've been fighting this dang hiccup thing for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Huge shout out to you for listening to the podcast. Go to social media, follow Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram and Facebook. Same with <laughs> same with Sportsman's Nation, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, please subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation. It, and subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Um, the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast is a standalone podcast now, or <laughs> or you can download it off of the Sportsman's Nation as well and get all the podcasts that come, come through the Sportsman's Nation whitetail feed, or you can just download and subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast on the solo feed. Uh, other than that, a huge shout out to all the partners of our podcast of our podcast <laughs> exodus ozonics wasp lone wolf deer lab prime ripcord and lastly hunter safety si- systems and it is our friends at hunter safety systems that are reminding us if you're going to be in a tree stand please wear your damn safety harness have a good rest of your week